Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Six Figure Jobs Podcast. I'm your host, James Nicholas Kinney. I'm super excited to have our guest on today, Heidi Pancake. Heidi is a, a real friend of mine, not a internet friend, a LinkedIn friend, or an online friend. Um, she's a warrior. She's a shero, uh, as I will put. Um, a heck of a presenter, an expert at jobs, careers. But the biggest thing I can say about Heidi is that she's an expert at life, about really digging in and making things happen. So Heidi, I hope I've made you feel super awkward with saying so many nice things about you, but welcome to the Six Figure Jobs podcast. Heidi Pancake, Vice President yes, thank Human you. Resources at Leaf Group, which is a publicly traded company in the marketing, branding, and advertising space. Yeah? Yes. We also have oh. places. So we have we do do some e-com. Uh, thank you, James. Those are so, the, All those things are so humbling and nice of you to say. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm so glad that you and I made that commitment to have a real friendship instead of just passing at HR networking events. Yeah, I know. Totally. Like our, the lunch that we had was so cool. Just to talk about life and your background. And, you know, I don't have people on the podcast that I don't know personally. And I think that's great because it allows us to have a depth of conversation that's raw, authentic and honest. And I don't think the listeners would benefit from just kind of a fake surface level conversation. Like if we're trying to help transform lives for people to get them six figure plus jobs, which is possible for anyone and everyone, as I'm sure you'll agree. Um, Removing that glass ceiling is about getting real and getting to it. I 100% agree with you. Yeah. So Heidi, so to dig right in, one of the things I learned about you when we had lunch is that um, you did not have a formal education, but are well educated. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I, I know a lot. I know a little about a lot of things and a lot about HR just from my, um, from having a really um, blessed experience um, work experience where I, you know, found myself surrounded regularly by leaders who would push me to get better and help me and really believe in me to do so. But mm-hmm. right, I did not have a formal education. I was a homeless kid and, um, you know, student loans and college was not something that anybody ever talked to me about in school. Cause I, you know, they didn't see me as the kid that was on that track. Um, so yeah. Yep. I'm married to a PhD though. So I kind of, I, 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 by, osmo, by, by association. <laughs> you, you at least have an honorary degree. I do. Yeah. Yeah. So let, let me ask you this. I, I think that's the perfect way to talk about it for the listeners out there that say, Oh, I need an MBA to make six figures or I need certain educational credentials. Just honestly, I would love your point of view when you're hiring someone you know, at the six figure mark or above that, are you looking for education as one of those filters? I think it depends on the role. If someone's, you know, going for a legal role, sure. If someone's maybe finance, high level finance, yes. Um, Entry level accounting, probably not. I mean, it depends on what we're expecting them to do. But no, no. I mean, I, I honestly, I talk regularly with my hiring managers about thinking outside of that box. And the way that I do that is I just say, so you, you entrust me with giving you guidance in this moment. And I don't have a college degree. Right. About that for a minute. And, yeah. and so, yeah, no, I, um, I don't only if it, it literally matters because you need to be certified in a certain way to, to practice the work. 
Yeah. So let me repeat what Heidi said for those of you who are listening. We have a six-figure-plus vice president at a publicly traded company that just said only in legal roles or finance roles would she consider it. Of course, we're not talking about 100% of the time. But basically, she said you don't need an MBA and you don't need to go in debt which is the big part of this conversation in order to get a six figure job. And I completely agree with you. Um, I see candidates often. Um, I'll see the grad school. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't, but, but it really doesn't give me what I need. I'm always looking for ex- demonstrated experience. That's right. That's what I'm always looking for. That's right. Because honestly you can have the highest degree in HR Oh, sorry. Was that me? But if you've never um, had someone cry in your office, I, I don't know what to like. You're not ready. Yeah. Yeah. There are people skills that an education can't prepare you for. Um, and having that street smarts and a street cred is really the breakthrough that I know I'm always looking for. Right. It's who you are as a person. Yeah. Yeah. So to talk about that, you said you grew up a homeless kid. I did. Um, yeah. So do you, whatever you're comfortable with, um, the journey yeah. is the most yeah. rewarding part of any experience. Cause now you can look back and say, yeah. I overcame that. Um, can you articulate a little bit for us about your journey and how you got to where you are? Yeah, sure. So, so I, um, was raised in the seventies by a single dad, which was something that wasn't very common. My dad was a hundred percent disabled from the, the Vietnam war his disability was an unrecognized one. It was PTSD, um, which, you know, is all the rage now. I say mm-hmm. that sarcastically. Mm-hmm. Um, thought he was a lazy hippie and they treated him like one. And so we struggled, you know, um, and, and I struggled up until probably my set 17, 18, when I went out on my own and I started working, I had two jobs always until I reached really until I got married, actually. Um, and I just kept plugging away. So the way I overcame it was I fell into a campus recruitment job Mm -hmm. and I was recruiting MBA students into, you know, Ah. Wall Street Yeah. and having conversations with them that were shocking to me. Like they didn't know how to fill out their insurance information or they couldn't figure out how to do their, you know, payroll paperwork. And it occurred to me that, wait a second. I've got just as much skill set as these folks. I just have it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a valuable skill set. So I, something happened in that role that I just gained some confidence in my abilities. And so I, and I realized that I like this world of HR. It was recruiting at the time, but we wrote, worked really closely within HR. We were all under one head. And I thought, this is for me. This is the job for me. And so I just put my head down and I learned and I moved or on to jobs where I would gain a different, um, a different ed- ed- HR education. So I went from, you know, recruiting to employee relations to safety. And I took really calculated job moves to get a 360 view of HR. And I just did that until I was well-rounded, a really well-rounded generalist. And, and then I, and then I just, you know, found that my career grew. Yeah. What? Well, as your friend and your uh, accomplice in success, um, sincere congrats to you Thank because you. you know that 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 takes vision and it takes like 
fortitude and dexterity to go down that path. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so it's so funny. Like I, I tell people all the time, like, um, I, I believe careers are chess and not checkers. Yeah. And what I'm hearing you say is that you were playing chess because mm-hmm. I think people have to be aware, you know, another way to say it, make your next move, your best move. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you look at the job that you take, the title, the type of organization or the size um, speaking of this larger conversation that we're having in America right now about systematic oppression, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't realize how recruiters, whether it's unconscious bias or conscious bias, you're judged absolutely by what your job title was, where you worked. And there's there's definitely a strategy there mm-hmm. about getting to where you want to be in the workforce. I think that's true. But I also think, you know, counter to that, Mm -hmm. if you stick to your values and if you take jobs based on your values and your personal goals, not so much your, um, you know, ladder goals, ladder meaning climbing, Mm -hmm. but your personal goals, then I think you're going to end up where you want to be no matter what. Yeah. You you know, it's a funny, uh, Tina, Tina Robinson, who, you know, um, she was on the podcast and she said the same thing. Yeah. And I do agree. I mean, well, I steps back. Yeah, I'm a testament of that. I I didn't have a traditional background. Mm-hmm. I don't have an MBA either. Right. But like you, I took the consulting path. And with consulting, you know, I was a HR manager, you know, just doing all the grunt work. And to your point, um, through consulting, because you have to succeed really fast when you have a client. If, you, if, if, if you're recruiting on contract and you don't get the, the bodies in the building, you're not going to have the contract, right? Okay. And if you're, if you're trying to solve compensation issues and you don't figure it out quickly, then you don't keep the job. So I, I learned my generalist education the same way that you did. Yeah. Just moving around, getting, getting, getting exposure under, you know, com- in- Investing in yourself so that you understand it, taking the courses, talking to the people. I also really, you know, when I made a connection at work, an HR connection, whether it was a boss or a peer, I kept that relationship going. I nurtured that relationship in a way that allowed me to grow because they knew more than I did. And I, I you know, I found ways that I could offer, um, I could offer something to them and they offered something to me. And, and it really became symbiotic, a symbiotic relationship. And I still have many of those relationships today. Yeah, Yeah. that's great. So uh, to educate our audience, I think it's important. One of the missions of six figure jobs is to remove the veil of recruiting and HR um, so that people can understand a little bit more about the function so that when you're talking to a recruiter or an HR professional, you can relate to them more as a candidate. So I think it's really important because it can feel very mysterious for people who don't know. So of the you know 72 different areas of <laughs> exist within HR, um, how would you articulate to our audience what a recruiter does and ultimately what their job is from the perspective of the end user so they understand how to talk to a recruiter that's screening you? I think it depends on the recruiter, right? Because I have to say that um, I've met recruiters that have lots of different philosophies. Um, for example, you know, companies ebb and flow in their ability to hire. 
lots of companies put on hiring freezes, right? It doesn't mean those jobs aren't needed anymore. It means that they're a company at a stage where maybe they need to conserve funds, or maybe they're going through some sort of um, acquisition and they just want to put it on hold until they figure out what they're acquiring from a staff perspective, right? And I've talked to recruiters who say something like, well, I mean, if there's a freeze on hiring, then what am I doing? And I always find that really interesting because the way I look at recruiting is what you're doing is you are becoming the expert for your company in finding where the talent is, what, how do you need to add to culture, not hire for culture fit? What does your company need that doesn't have? And being sort of the guy that everybody knows, right? Because you shouldn't have every, every hire shouldn't be a fresh search. You should have a, a, a network of professionals that you know that, that you're constantly communicating with. And so when a job becomes open, you know exactly who's going to know who's the right guy or who's going to know the right guy. It's not, it shouldn't be that you start every job opening as a fresh search. It should be that you've already got ideas. You've, you've, you knew that your company has these positions and you know who the the people out there on the ground doing the work are, and you, you have a relationship with them so you can reach out to them when the opening comes. Mm hmm. I, I love the way that you articulated that because you're right. There's a lot of different types of recruiters that are out there. I know some fantastic recruiters that do it for a living. And you're right. The ones that I love and adore that I've known for you know 10 plus years, they're servant leaders and they have a service type approach to what they're, they're doing. So on the flip side, like one of the hacks that we talk about at Six Figure Jobs, because life is too short to be underpaid, as we say. Um, actively shopping yourself as a candidate to recruiting agencies, you know, you make money by solving problems in life. So if you are the badass person that you are, I'm saying whomever's listening, right? Um, and you, you contact five recruiting firms, don't sit and wait on LinkedIn. Never. Don't sit and wait on Indeed or Monster or whatever platform. You can wait until you're old and gray if you do that. But having the courage to draft a well-thought-out email to five different recruiters just as an arbitrary number and say, hey, my name is Cindy Smith. My name is Bob Jones. I'm excellent at these three things. I'm looking for these kind of opportunities. I'd enjoy if we have a 10-minute conversation so I can tell you more about who I am as a person and who I am as a professional. I would love to get that email. I also think you do that in, I, you may have noticed on my LinkedIn when, when I, after I was ready to go back to full-time work, you know, the way I announced that on LinkedIn, I was like, I'm ready. Here's why you should hire me. Here are the things I've done. I love that. You have to be your own best PR. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that I think is really important that I think people lose sight of sometimes is it has to be authentic PR, right? Yeah. Don't, don't talk about how... One of the things I hate hearing in interviews more than anything is, no, I don't know how to do that, but I'm a really quick learner. Oh, yeah. Do, you know what? Show me how you've done it and done something similar. Show me how you can relate what I've just asked you, asked you if you have the experience doing. Show me how you can relate that to something that's actually totally off topic, but shows the same skill set to get it done. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because I know that 
the, there, there's a question that I love uh, and, and it's, you know, tell me what you've overcome in, in your life. Yeah. Because I'm looking for an emotional and a psychological skill set that says that no matter what you're given, you're going to figure it out and you know how to get through it. Mm-hmm. Because I, I also don't want a technical robot type person. Right. Yes. That just like, I'm certified in this, I'm certified in this, I'm certified in this, but that's all you know. Well, like, and I think I do think there's space for that, right? Because I oh, think for in the sure. engineering world, that is yeah. what you're getting. <laughs> but, 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 but I don't only want that. Right. I want yeah. that. Plus, yeah, I want the street cat and the house cat. Yes, yes, yes. Both. I like it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's, I love that. Yeah, that's a, a street cat and the house cat. I love that. You know what I mean? Because the street cat yeah. knows how to go find food. Right. Uh, and the house cat is well trained. Right. <laughs> the house cat knows how to man knows how to live with other folks. Yeah, exactly. 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 Yeah. 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 So, uh, the big question. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what state you live in, why do you think there's a glass ceiling associated with this thing, like a six-figure job? Um, well, you know, I'm making six figures now. Or, oh, my God, I'm making six figures. Th- those are bad characterizations of voices. But you know what I mean? Like, before we were blessed and worked hard and had many people open up doors for us, Heidi, why do you think in America that thing exists? Oh, you're trying to bait me now. Ooh. Uh, why does that thing exist? Honestly, CEOs hire their friends. Mm. Um, and they hire their friends. And people are afraid of outsiders. Mm. So I say that, and I'll tell you why I say that. You know, for many years in my HR career, it did take me a long time to get the VP title. It took me a long time to get traction as a HR leader. And part of that was because uh, I was a disruptor from the get, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I was never going to be just smile and nod in HR. I was never going to be so frustrated internally of the ways that corporate America is doing it. But outwardly, I'm smiling and I'm beating that drum for them and I'm doing what they want me to do. I was never going to be that lady. Mm-hmm. And so when I went on interviews um, and people sensed from me that I was, you know, super authentic, super candid, not afraid to have the difficult conversations. That was a turnoff for a long time. Mm. Cut to, I don't know, what would you say about eight years ago? When okay. HR just got real. HR got a lot more real. And people, I think the startup world really broke that open. And then my type of HR became a lot more digestible for people. Disruption is what they were looking for. Figuring out how how HR can help managers have the difficult conversations and not avoid them and not just write stuff down on a piece of paper, but literally head on have a conversation with an employee about their whatever it is, their their lack of ability to be inclusive in their work, their they're, you know, just non not functioning at the level they need to. And, and also me pushing back on managers and saying, no, 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 you're not being clear with them. You didn't mm-hmm. do that well. It suddenly became a lot more sought after. And that's when my career took off. So I think well, that way, because people are afraid of disruption. And so they hire what they know and they cultivate yeah. what they know. Yeah. Well, that's funny because it goes back to what you just said of staying true and sticking to your path. 
you've always been who you are authentically and unapologetically, which is dope, right? But it's cool how it paid off for you in the the long run. And you're right. I don't mean this like disrespectfully, but I, I kind of call it like the high school lunch lady version of, 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 of HR. They, they stay behind the glass and stay behind the wall. You never hear from them or see that for them, you know, you're hired and fired. Uh, is the only time that you hear from them. So you're right. It, it, it has changed a lot. So I think there's a takeaway there for the audience of stay true to who you are and your day will come. Which there's is, a place for you. There's a place for you. Absolutely. That's there what is. I think is important. And, and, and the truth is that no matter how much you're making, if you aren't staying true to who you are, it's not going to be worth it. And listen, I thousand percent understand that I'm saying that from a privileged perspective. Yeah, I didn't always have that privileged perspective, and I still rode that way. Obviously, yeah, obviously. Um, okay, so last question: mm-hmm. um, Looking for a new job, um, do you have like a three-step drop? You know that you would just you know if you meet somebody at Starbucks or in the park and they say, "Hey, Heidi, I'm going to start looking for a new job." How, how do you how do you recommend the audience goes about that? I well, what I always tell people is, okay, what's your networking circle like? How many people do you know? Because that's really important. Now we're going going back to hiring who you know, right? So, but we know that it's important because that's what people people are not going to refer someone they don't know. It's too mm-hmm. much of a it's too much of a risk most of the time. So what I tell them is the first thing you got to do is you got to get in front of folks in jobs that you want, jobs that you actually want. And you need to understand from them, how did they get into that role? Who do they know within their business that they could introduce you to, to have conversations with, to start Mm -hmm. a conversation about what's, what's, what's available. Mm -hmm. I will also like, I know people hate LinkedIn. I get it. I'm not a social media person much at all. But I would say, beat your drum on LinkedIn. It works. Mm-hmm. It just works. The other thing I would say is, look for other social um, environments where you can join the conversation. You know, mm-hmm. to me, it's like, show up and show who you are. In the circles where the, the people who have the roles you want are playing. Mm-hmm. Show up and show who you are. Because eventually what happens is, even though they may not know you personally, one-on-one, they'll know who you are. Because you, mm-hmm. as long as you're consistent and clear in those, in those circles, whether it's a networking event or it's LinkedIn or it's Twitter and, and staying connected to, you know, for us, it's HR community. But whatever that is within your, within your ex- expertise. Yeah. Tech, sports, forestry, retail, banking. Show up and show who you are. Because people remember... People remember that. And when they're looking, they're like, hey, I remember there was this person that had my current role that I'm in now. I interviewed for a less senior role a year before, a year and a few months before I was hired. And I, what I, what I did in that interview was made an impression so that when someone was looking to fill a VP role, when my boss was looking, she said, you know what? I can't imagine it being anybody but that girl I met. Yeah. And that's how I ended up here. And so I think, you know, just show up and show who you are and keep doing it. And 
don't let not getting the job defeat you or make you think it's because you're not doing it the right way. There are so many reasons people don't get jobs, oftentimes having little to do with their actual self. That's right. And That's their right. actual interview. So, right. so just don't let that beat you down. Keep, keep doing what you're doing. Stay resilient. You will land where you're supposed to land. Thank you, Heidi, so much. Um, yeah, in the Six Figure Jobs course, I talk about sending cold emails to people within the organization. And it doesn't even have to be a hiring manager. No. Out of pure compassion, you might be looking for a marketing role or an IT role. And you can write somebody in the finance department and say, hey, I know you don't know me, but um, Cindy Smith over in HR, she doesn't know me either. And here's who I am. I would love if you can give me an intro into Cindy in HR. And it's a trick that absolutely works. And then you technically, you don't know anybody at the company, but you're getting a lukewarm intro into recruiting HR or maybe even the hiring manager, which is fantastic. Yep. Yeah. So thank you so much. Well, Heidi, listen, on the Six Figure Jobs podcast, we say that life is too short to be underpaid. And we know that's true. So thank you for shining your light sharing some wisdom and knowledge with us. And just most importantly, thank you for who you are in the world because you've helped a ton of people get jobs and move forward in their life. And not only are you helping them get jobs, you're helping them transform as people. And that's what we're all about. So thank you so much for, for showing up. Oh, thank you, James. I'm, I'm such a fan. You know that. I love spending time with you. I always feel like I'm better for it. And so, hey, I, you know, I, anything that I could do or to spend time with you, I'm in. <laughs>